Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we continue this series in the book of Acts. I'm gonna let you get ahead a little bit. Turn to Acts chapter three. Acts chapter three, if you've got the app, that's the easiest way to follow along. Go to the North Star Church app. North Star Church, Georgia, in the App Store. If you got your Bibles, right after the Gospels, and that's where we're gonna camp out here in a second. So two things right here at the top. Number one, I just wanna give a shout out to a group of people that are in Compass. I know we got a group watching in True North right now and watching online right now, but in this room in Compass today are a bunch of college students. If you're a college student today, would you raise your hand and wave it? Would y'all congratulate all these guys on being here today? Here's why I love that. Nobody checking on them to be here. And they made a choice to be here, and I'm really, really proud of you guys. So thanks for being here today. You bring a ton of energy. Second, been a big weekend in the Lynch household. If you were on social media last night, our son got engaged last night. So we're, we're super happy for Casey. You cheer like we do, because we didn't think it would ever happen either, all right? And so, it's a pretty, pretty big deal. Did you ever see the movie Failure to Launch? We were living Failure to Launch. We're like, this isn't turning out well, all right? And so, but they got engaged last night. It was awesome. So for all of you that have sent us notes on social media and sent me private messages and all the stuff, thank you. I hadn't even had a chance. It's been crazy. We got home late last night when I posted it, and I hadn't even had a chance to respond yet. So thank you from the bottom of of our heart. We are so excited for them and excited about this new opportunity that's to come in their lives. And uh, he and Kelsey make a great team, and we are just thrilled. And I don't have to pay for this one. All right. And so it's a really, it's a really, it's a really good day. Um, but in light of all that, and the craziness and the happiness and the joy of it at her apartment last night. We were hiding there. They did it at Piedmont Park, and then he brought her back. And so we were there with her family and, and some of our close friends. And uh, four of her friends from LSU, where she went to college, were there. One of them was not planning on being there, but she got evacuated with her, with her child, a little baby. And they drove up from New Orleans because they live right on Pontchartrain, right off, right off Pontchartrain. If you don't know, if you've not been following, a major Category 4, four almost Category 5 hurricane is headed there right now. Hurricane Ida. 16 years ago today, Katrina hit. So you can imagine, here we are in this incredibly high moment last night, and now I got the face of a precious 20-something who wonders what their house will look back like when she gets back. Her husband could not come because he works in a job. He couldn't leave. And so he's there at their house as it's rolling in. Get up this morning at 5, 10 a.m. and a note pops in my phone from a, from a mom at Northstar whose son is in the airport in Afghanistan as a troop member trying to get people out. It's funny how real news stories get when you got a face to them, isn't it? So now it's not what's going on in Afghanistan. It's, that's somebody's boy, somebody's daughter, somebody's son that's a pastor there. It's somebody's daughter that's a missionary there. It's all the stuff that goes along this. Then I get a, another note this morning 
So we've got hurricane going on. You've got what's going on over there. You've got the craziness of COVID right now. And then the reality is, I mean, I've got one of our former staff members on a ventilator right now. I've done funerals the past two weeks for two friends or one friend and one lady whose daughter goes here to North Star. It's just crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to just take a moment before we go any further today and pray. Because only God has answers to this life. Would y'all agree with that? He's the only one. We've got what's going on in Haiti with all our Haiti partnerships. So would y'all just take a moment right where you are today and compass True North, watch it online, watch it on the patio. Would you pray for those right now in New Orleans? They're staring this thing in the eye. Would you pray for their safety? Pray for that city. Pray for the emotional pieces to the puzzle, would you? And just those thoughts that are all coming back. Would you pray for those young men and women in Afghanistan in uniform right now that are trying to get civilians home? And they're trying to get out. Just, just the wildness of all that. Would you pray for all the people dealing right now with COVID and all the stuff, our doctors and nurses that are overwhelmed and the people who have loved ones in, they can't come see. Just wisdom and protection. Just pray for our friends in Haiti that are picking up what was already a mess just got a little more complicated. Father, it truly is the juxtaposition of this world that in our, one of our highest life moments, on the other side of it was somebody's lowest. And Father, we as a church just pause to say, we can't, we can't. We don't own hope, we don't own answers but you do you can and God today would you Father would you step in would you intervene would you be the solution we're all trying to search for so God today we pause as a church to thank you for being a big God a strong God and a God we know we can trust, even when it doesn't look like it. So God, we give all these things over you today. And God, we don't know any other way to make it than with you. So we pray all this in the strong and mighty and powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Acts chapter three, let's pick up the story. Great story. You're talking about a bullseye on your back. Oh, these guys had a bullseye on their back. So 
We know the resurrections happen. We know the ascensions happen. We know they're left with the, the story. These 11, you know, there's about 70 followers. Then it became 120. And then the day of Pentecost happens and 3,000 are added to their number. And then last week we found they begin to meet in people's homes and they're growing and they're learning and, and they're getting all this. And we read that there were miracles happening every day. And the Bible says this, and the Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. And they're watching just unbelievable stuff happen. And we get Acts 3. And it's the story of one of those unbelievable things. It was a situation there was not an answer for. It was a moment that nobody knew what to do with it. And these guys show up. Now, I want you to remember, Peter and John are the two guys mentioned. They were two guys. They're called apostles now. They were disciples. They were with Jesus when he did the miracles. But while Jesus was here, they hadn't figured all this stuff out. I mean, they're, they're like, sometimes they would hit it and sometimes they'd miss it. Sometimes they'd be on it and sometimes they wouldn't be on it. This day and this moment, they get it. Would you stand with me today while we read God's word together? Chapter 3, book of Acts. Verse one, this is great. Peter and John went to the temple. That's interesting. So before that, you would find guys, the disciples sort of arguing, am I gonna sit on his right in heaven? Am I gonna sit on his left in heaven? But now they've got a mission. And this mission is big and it's bigger than them. And their mission's to take the gospel in the whole world. And, and they're on it. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service, all right? So three different times a day, the Jews would go and pray. So even though they are now new believers in Christ, they're still following some of those Jewish customs and they're going there at three o'clock. It was known during that day as the grand hour of prayer. It was the time of day that was the biggest prayer time of day, okay? And that was going on. It still happens now. It happens in schools because three o'clock, school's almost out and the kids are praying, it's over, all right? And so that still goes on. So verse two. As they approached the temple, a man lame from when? How long has he been lame? From when? Birth. Interesting. Why did it say that? It said that because back during that time, you could think, well, he had sin in his life. Uh, his parents did something wrong. No, 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 no. It's noted he's never walked. There's not been one day in this young man's life He's ever had a normal day like you and I may know a normal day. He's been lame since birth. And he was being carried in. It was a hopeless, impossible situation. So a friend, family member, somebody carried him in and sat him down. And I'll tell you why. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful, so he could beg from the people going to the temple. So this guy would sit. He would hold out his cup or hold out his bowl and he would beg alms. He would beg help from people. He wanted financial help. He sat by the gate. Why? Because all the people would bring their money in to give it. So he knew where to be. I mean, this was the spot. If you're gonna make a living, you gotta, you gotta sit here. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for what? He didn't ask him for a miracle. He didn't ask him for hope. He didn't ask them to make him well. He just wanted to get by another day. 
That's all he wanted. Give me a coin, give me a tip, give me a little substance to get through my next day. He did not show up that day looking for a miracle. He showed up to just get by another day. Time out real quick. Do we not live in a world that's not just trying to figure out how to make it one more day? That's what he was doing, except you could see it. He was lame. He was laying there. Peter and John looked at him intently. How many of you remember growing up and your parents had a certain look that was different than other looks? You're like, if I don't move my leg, it's about to get popped in the back seat. You ever get one of those looks, right? My mom had these piercing eyes and I could see those eyes and I'm ducking to cover, right? I mean, I'm, I'm hiding out. When they looked at him intently, literally it was with intensity. And then they said these words. This is really interesting. I never thought about this before. Look at us. Look at me. I want you to think about this, son. This guy's not looking you in the eyeballs. He's on the ground. Nobody ever looks at him. He looks at their legs and looks at their feet. And he just probably kept his head down. He was ashamed. And Peter and John go, I want you to look at us. Look me in the eyes. It's called, it's, it's, it's really a term of intensity, Friday nights. Coaches are like, look at me. That's exactly what the, the conversation was like. Look at us and the lame man. This is really interesting. He looked at them and what's the next word? Oh, he's like, I've hit the jackpot. These guys aren't just gonna throw money in my bucket. I mean, they're gonna back up the truck, right? He was expecting some money. He thought, Peter and John, I've hit, the, I've hit two guys they brought, some, they brought some dough, and they're going to help me out. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand. He helped him up, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed, and they were strengthened. Literally, it's the picture. Those things just came together in that moment. That's why it's called a miracle. He jumped up, he stood on his feet, and he began to walk. Then walking, and what's it say next? And leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the same lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw this opportunity. He addressed the crowd and said, people of Israel, what is so surprising about this? And why do you stare at us through all as though we made this man walk by our own power of godliness. Simon Peter said, oh, no, 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 no. There's only one answer for this, and his name is who? And that's what we're gonna talk about today. You guys can be seated. Phenomenal story. They are going to the temple because that's what they did every day. It was a normal, everyday thing to get up and go to the temple. But for whatever reason, that day, they saw this guy. I will tell you this, they'd probably seen him before. This wasn't a one-time deal, that was his first time there. No, 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 no. They were there 
with this guy was there all the time. But that day, it became a miracle. And I want you to write this down and then we're gonna dive in. Because two guys were willing to be used. That's what I want you to write down. Two guys were willing to be used. The same opportunity was there every day. But for whatever reason that day, they noticed the guy. How in the world do we stay people that are on mission for God and a church that's on mission for God? Ready? Number one, we're willing to be interrupted. We're willing to be interrupted. If you go through the gospels, you go through the life of Jesus, you'll find his greatest miracles always happened when he was on the way somewhere else. It's crazy. He's going to heal Jairus's daughter, but while he's on the way to heal Jairus' daughter, a lady grabs him by the cloak and he goes, who touched me? And he changes her life while he's on the way. Why are we willing? This is when I wish we were a small group because I'd stick a microphone and say, okay, why do we hate being interrupted? Well, there's lots of reasons. We've got places to be. We've got things to do. And by the way, our schedule is the most important schedule in the world. All right, do y'all ever feel that way? You're like, I mean, nobody's busier than me. How many of y'all have ever thought nobody's busier than me? Raise your hand. Oh, you lie. You lying suckers. Y'all all think that, right? We all feel that way. Man, nobody's as busy as me. I got stuff going on. Sometimes we're so locked up in our schedule, we miss the mission God created us for. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. And I want you to just write this down, ready? They stopped. And because they stopped, they saw. It's exactly what I was talking about a second ago. I listen. I keep up with the news. I know what's going on. But when the news gets faces to the story, it changes how you feel. Simon Peter and John knew there were needs in the world, but all of a sudden now they saw a face with a need and it grabbed them. We have got to be willing to be interrupted. A commentary. So a commentary is a, is a biblical background of everything going on written by people way smarter than me. Listen to what one of them said this week. Be careful you don't get so preoccupied with doing God's work that you miss God's will right before your eyes. Do you know that it's possible as a church to get so preoccupied with doing good things that we miss the God things? Do you know it's so possible that every week I could so prepare a sermon that I miss a conversation that God really intended my life for that week because I'm not willing to be interrupted because my schedule is very, very important in my own mind. Bruce Wilkinson in his book called You Were Born for This, he says this, people that get used in great ways, and you can write this down if you want to, they pray this prayer, Please send me to do your work by your power today before they ever leave the house in the morning. And it may be a conversation outside class, maybe a conversation in your dorm, it may be a conversation with a friend in the locker room, it may be standing on a sideline for me on Friday night. And I wasn't there to speak to the team, I was there for a conversation with one kid who's going through something with his mom and dad. 
I, I don't know. But do we pray the prayer, God, send me to do your work through your power today. Can I tell you something? I want everybody to look at me. I think we walk by miracles all the time and just miss them. I think we do it as a church. I think we do it as people. We just miss them. Simon Peter and John that day got the tap on the shoulder and they stopped. Number two, when you stop and you're interrupted, they gave what they had. This guy, they, he wanted silver and gold. Now, we, we, we love the end of the story, but can you imagine being this guy? He waited for them eagerly, and Simon Peter says, well, I don't have any silver or gold. You know, this guy's like, well, dude, move on, right? I mean, you know, that's what's going through this guy. I thought you guys were answering my ultimate life question. You were gonna, I don't, you, maybe you're gonna give me so much money, I never have to ask for more money again. He didn't even know that a miracle could happen, and he was gonna leave there walking. You think he'd rather have money or walk? I think he'd rather have the ability to walk. He just didn't know it was an option. They gave what they had. Well, let's talk about us. What do we have? If you know Christ, what do you have? I want you to write down a couple things. Ready? You have your story. You have your story. Yes or no question. Did this guy have an opportunity to ask a thousand questions? No. But did he find what he was looking for? Yes. They gave what they had. They gave their story. Second thing they gave, ready? They gave their time. They gave time to this guy. They stopped and looked him in the eyes. The third thing they gave him, they gave him their love. I bet you he could feel and see genuine empathy in their eyes. They gave him their story. We can give our story. Gave their time. And they gave their focus. Gave them their heart, gave them their love. And number three, they pointed to Jesus as the ultimate answer. I have learned, so I have lived long enough, I have figured out there's more I don't know than know. Have y'all lived that long yet? Do y'all remember back when you used to have answers to everything? Do y'all remember that time in life? It's like, oh, I got an answer for that. Somebody bring up, oh, I got an answer for that. Listen. I've been around long enough now, I, I figured out what I don't know. And I got more that I don't know than I do know. And that's why I don't fool with judging your lives because I got enough in my own life to fool with. These guys pointed to Jesus for the ultimate answer. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. They did not say, and I want you to get this now, they did not say in the name of Peter and John, get up and walk. They didn't say that. They pointed, I want you to write this down. They pointed to the one who could. 
They were just vessels to be used. But they pointed to the one who could answer it. They pointed to him as the ultimate answer. I love it. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk in. Verse 12 says this, Peter saw his opportunity. So all of a sudden, all these people began to rush. Okay, think about this. You've seen a guy lame since birth, and now he's dancing around you in a service. That will get your attention. So that, that, that's the same guy that's always asking me for money? That's the same guy? Yeah, well, that will get your attention. Well, Simon Peter could have used this attention to point to himself, but rather he pointed to Jesus and he began to preach, which is what we'll catch up on next week. So you had, we all have the opportunity. We all walk by miracles every day. I'm telling you, and we miss them. We miss that open door in a conversation. We miss that person waiting on our table who is going through a crisis and we just never ask, how are you doing? Can I pray for you? We just don't ask. So therefore, we don't find out anything because I'm busy. I don't want to be interrupted. See, here's the, here's the crazy part. The longer we exist as a church, it's easy to just notice our stuff and forget everybody else's stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, the church is you. And we're as strong as our interruptions allow us to be. So you had the, Peter and John did the right thing, but you had the guy that got healed, right? What, what do we find out about him? Well, he had a new joy. He was pretty fired up. He was pretty jacked up. He's like, this is unbelievable. He had a new joy. Listen, this guy was just getting by day to day. And when he trusted what these guys told him and he got up and walked, he jumped, he stood on his feet, and he began to walk, walking and leaping. And then he had a new worship. He most likely never went in the temple. He always stayed on the outside. And that day he went in. That way, that day, he went inside. He had a new worship. I want you to write this down, ready? Because he had a new story. He had a new story. So I'm gonna pause here. For some of us, we've asked Christ in our heart, but we've never followed through in baptism. And baptism does not determine salvation. Remember that. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward commitment. And you've heard about the baptism and you're like, I just, you know, I know I need to do that. And I, listen, this isn't for me. We got a ton of people being baptized. This is not for me. It's for you. It's for you. What joy will come to somebody else's heart by seeing what you've done? A son, a daughter, a friend, a coworker. We did a baptism in my pool recently and a young man had to go back to college. He was a college football player. He had to go back to college and he's like, can I invite about 30 or 40 of my old friends to come? Oh yeah. And he stood in the water that night and told his story. Powerful. 
He had a new worship. So maybe you're, maybe that's you. Maybe it's not. Maybe that's you. Northstarchurch.org slash baptism. Just jump on there and tell us your story and come tonight and do it. Number three, he had a new influence. He had a new influence. His life began to point people to Jesus. It was funny. Because of his response, there was a rush to see these apostles and what they were saying. And they did not miss their opportunity. We'll talk about it next week. So where does it leave us? You know what I find out, everybody look at me. Every time I open God's word, I got a decision to make. Is it a story or is it my story? Is it just a good truth that's great and I hope some other people apply it? Or is that for me? So it's funny, I, I remember coaching and you'd be wanting to get something across to the team, right? And you got all your kids gathered and you're, you're wanting to get something across to them. And like, there's one kid who doesn't pay attention and they're always doing the wrong thing. So rather than just addressing the one kid, we address the whole team. And the kids who do it right, they're, they're like, coach, were you talking about me? And the one kid you were talking to has no idea you were talking about him, right? Are y'all, you know, it's the old Tony Dungy principle. If you've been in class over two weeks and you don't know who the class jerk is, there's a reason, all right? And so it's you. Every week we sit in church, we, we get an opportunity to say, is this for somebody else or is this for me? Boy, I read this this week. And here was my question. Have I lived long enough I know there's problems or do I have a face to the problems? Because if I only know there's problems and know there's stuff and I don't have a face to it, I've lost my heart. I want you to miss this. I've lost my heart. We can walk right by nameless stuff in this world. But when you put a face on it, these guys stopped. They looked at this guy and they saw his heart. I pray we never miss people's hearts. Would you pray with me? God, without compassion, our message is going to fall just on deaf ears. So much of the miracles, Father, we get to see today began because Simon Peter and John stopped. They're willing to be interrupted. God, I pray this church is never known as a church of the prettiest building or the most amount of people necessarily or whatever. I just pray we're known as a church who cares enough to be interrupted. It's never too big for a face or a story. And a hurt is felt down in our core. And Father, I realize that the church is not a physical building on 3413 Blue Springs Road. The church are the people sitting in these rows, sitting in True North, watching on the patio, tuning in online. That's the church. God, may we always see 
with your eyes and love with your heart. Father, my prayer is we will pray the daily prayer. God, show me today a way to be used for you and use me. I will be shocked. We'll be shocked. And we will never feel more alive than when our mission lines up with your mission. Maybe though, you say, Mike, today I'm, I'm the guy who's been healed, but I've never let my life tell that story, and I want to. But you just pray for courage for me? And maybe you'd be baptized, or maybe you tell somebody my story, whatever it is. God, may there be more of you and less of us. God, just speak into our hearts now, would you?